to The Venue Podcast. The Venue is a worship gathering of Southcrest Baptist Church. To learn more about The Venue at Southcrest, visit us online at southcrest.org or on Facebook and Instagram by searching for Southcrest Baptist Church. We hope this podcast helps you find your greatest pleasure and purpose in Jesus. Awesome. Hey, hope you have your Bible. If you would, turn to... Colossians, still digging through Colossians. We're going to be in Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 through 7. Colossians 2, 6 through 7. If you're like, where's Colossians? You kind of get lost in some of the epistles there. I remember, uh, the way I remembered it was, it was the Georgia Electric Power Company. There's probably like 20 ways to memorize it, but Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, the Georgia Electric Power Company. If it's harder for you to remember Georgia Electric Power Company, then just try to memorize Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. But Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 through 7. Um, you know, this quarantine has provided some interesting opportunities in how we celebrate and, and do different things. Um, our, our neighbors, uh, one of their daughters, Maddie Grace, uh, turned 17, I guess, a couple weeks ago. And uh, they were going to have a drive-by parade they kept saying we're gonna have a drive-by, which that sounds really scary and sketchy. Don't do a drive-by, <laughs> but we're gonna drive-by parade. And so they got a bunch of her friends together, which we were laughing. I, Emily, uh, Maddie Grace's older sister was saying, our oldest sister was saying, you know, if she had done that in high school, she was afraid she might've had like three cars go by. Maddie Grace, it, felt, it was like a legit parade. Like the Lubbock uh, July 4th parade, better watch out. This is a big parade of all these cars coming by. And what was funny about as the cars would drive by and everybody's waving and trying to say hey to her and handing her a cupcake or whatever, there were some cars that were driving by and uh, into the neighborhood and at first, didn't know what was going on, but when they looked over, saw the big happy birthday sign, saw the mini parade, um, a, most of the cars that were driving into the neighborhood would join in. They would honk their horns and wave, happy birthday, that's awesome, and it was a big deal, which I felt like was the appropriate response to it's a birthday, she's 17, have fun, right? We should celebrate her. Um, there was one car, and if this was you, no shame, we forgive you, but there was one car that uh, was in the line of the parade, and uh, as it got to where Maddie Grace was, she was you know, keeping her six feet distance, but she walked up and was trying to wave and say hi like she was to every other car. But this car, they did not roll down the window. They did not honk. They never made eye contact. They just kept their hands on the wheel and just kept on going. And what happened, see what happened was, is they <laughs> uh, did not realize what was going on. Remember they did, but whatever the case, they were just trying to leave the neighborhood and got caught in the parade. What was, we were laughing about is like, man, the appropriate response when you see a birthday parade is just to have fun, right? Roll or <laughs> roll the window down, um, wave, honk your horn, have a good time. They chose what I thought was not the reasonable, appropriate response of just ignoring and shunning, uh, which Maddie Grace just laughed it off. She's a tough girl. It was funny. But here's the reality. Why tell that story? There are certain things, certain situations, certain people in life that encountering them demands a response. And you can even say there's, a, there's an appropriate, a reasonable response to what you're encountering or to who you are encountering. And like I said, hopefully you're in, in Colossians. And in Colossians 1, I know that's what will be in verse 2 in just a minute. Then Colossians 1, Paul lays out who you encounter in Jesus, like who it is that you're, you're coming into contact with. And I'm going to kind of read verses 14 to 22 as he describes this. He says, 
describes Jesus. He says, in him, we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. And then he says, Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. Everything in heaven and on earth, whether we can see it or not, everything was made by him, by Jesus. He says he's before all things and in him all things hold together. So ultimately the universe as we know is held together. He's got the whole world in his hands, right? Uh, verse 18, he's the head of the body, which is the church. He's the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. So he, there's no one bigger or better than Jesus. He is supreme. And it says, in him, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether in heaven, on earth, or under the earth. So I'm taking the Philippians there, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. And then he says, and you who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, so you were enemies of God, he has now, Jesus, has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. That is a resume. Like, that, that's somebody, Right? That, he says, that's who Jesus is. That's who he is. So again, certain people, certain situations, encountering them demands a response. There's a reasonable, appropriate response. Jesus, according to that resume, would fit that description. Encountering him, meeting him, you could say knowing him, demands a response. And in verses six through seven, Paul's gonna lay out what that is. So if you've encountered Christ, what should you do? What is the only reasonable response to finding the treasure of Jesus? I would say based on chapter one, verses 14 through 22, that's just one little portion of scripture. I would say he's a treasure. So what is the only reasonable response, appropriate response to finding the treasure of Jesus? Jump in in verse six with me. It's just two verses, really short and simple this morning. Therefore, so in light of all he's talked about, in light of who Jesus is, as you received Christ, Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. So what is the only reasonable response to finding the treasure of Jesus? If I could say it in two words to kind of use that same language, keep digging. <laughs> You've encountered Jesus, so keep engaging with him. You, you received him, so now walk, live your life in him. So Christianity is not a meet and greet. Like, hey, Jesus, nice to meet you. And then you walk off and do your thing. It, no, it's a continual relationship of knowing him, of walking and living your life in him. Now, we don't want to typically uh, nerd out too much about uh, the original languages. In this case, the Greek. Pastor Dave and I were talking about this week that, um, man, you should trust the... Now, there are, there are some probably uh, weird translations out there, but uh, there's so many great English translations, so we don't want to make you think that you don't have a good translation of the Bible when you're reading your uh, New King James or ESV, NASB, NIV. Um, but... As much as we can trust the English translation, sometimes the Greek, because it gets a little more specific than the English language has the capability to do, there can be some insight in there. So I want to talk about some of these words for a second. So as you receive Christ, 
Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Before we get into some of that, that Greek, I don't want to miss this, I'm sorry. Christ Jesus the Lord. Christ the Messiah. Jesus the God-man. And he's the Lord. The Lord. The Lord of the universe. So that's who he is. So walk in him, rooted and built up and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. So there's, there's some interesting things going on here. Walk in him, that, that's the command. You're to, to walk in him. That's an imperative. Here's what you're supposed to do. But these other words, they're, they're participles, and here's what's interesting. They're almost all passive. So let's look at the first word, rooted. You've been rooted in Christ. This is a perfect tense, a perfect passive. So what this means is, it's happened at a time. You were rooted in Christ. And passive means he did it to you. So Christ has rooted you in himself. So it's not like one day you woke up and like, you know what, I'm gonna root myself in Christ because I'm awesome. No, Christ, he does this for you. He roots you in himself. But then when it says built up and established in the faith, both of these are present passive. So rooted means it happened, like this has happened and it's still uh, changing your life. But built up and established, they're currently happening. So if you know Christ, you have received Christ, even now, Christ is building you up and establishing you in the faith. So he's laying brick on brick on brick in your faith. But again, they're passive. So it's not like, here we go. I'm going to build myself up for Christ. No, he's doing the work. He's building you up. The key that they're passive. And then he says, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. So this is actually, it's present tense. So still, I'm, I'm going to do this now, but it's active, meaning I, I'm going to work on this. I'm going to put effort into this. So I'm currently going to choose to give thanks. I'm currently, right now, going to choose to overflow in gratitude. If that means I have to make a list of the things I'm grateful for, whatever, I'm going to presently, currently, actively, intentionally abound in thanksgiving. So here's what's cool about, about the passive and active idea. These aren't so much describing how you walk in Christ, but why you should walk in Christ, why you should keep digging into the treasure of Jesus. Because he says, look, you've already been rooted in him. He is currently building you up on, on establishing your faith. He's doing those things in you. So you're without excuse. If he's at work in you, building you up in your walk with him, why can't you take some steps? So it's not, again, not as much how, but why. Look at all he's done. So when you keep, take to mind Consider who he is, the treasure of Jesus, and the fact that he's already working in you, establishing you, he's rooted you, he's building you up. You're without excuse. You should walk in him, live your life in him, live your life for him, keep digging. It makes me think of what the disciples said in John 6 when Jesus had been given some hard teaching about that really he was the only way for salvation. And so many of the disciples left Jesus, turned away. And he looked at his 12 and said, do y'all want to quit following me too? Like, if y'all want to go, you can go ahead and go. 
Peter looked at Jesus and said, Lord, where else would we go? You are the Holy One. You have the words of eternal life. Where else would we go? That's John 6, um, 68 through 69. I think that's the idea here. If you've, you've found the treasure of Jesus, you could even say, if he's found you, he's rooted you, he's building you up, he's establishing you, walk in him. Where else would you go? Choose to give thanks for what he's doing in your life. I kind of went overload with illustrations this morning. And uh, if, you're, if you've seen the kayak and you're wondering what it is, don't, we're going to get there, I promise. That, was, uh, that idea came this morning at like 7 o'clock. Hopefully I didn't wake any neighbors up with uh, getting that loaded up. Anyways, um, the idea is, again, walking him. So what is the only reasonable response to finding the treasure of Jesus? It's that you, you keep digging, right? You keep pressing in to him building your life on him, knowing he's building you. How foolish it is to find a treasure. We talked about this a little bit last week, thinking about the word of God, but how foolish to find treasure and, and not keep digging, not keep seeking, not keep knowing that's, you, you found a treasure. What does it look like to, to, to keep digging into that treasure? It's to be in community, even though right now it's kind of virtually to be in community. It's to, to dig in to God's word. It's to carve out intentional time to spend in prayer. It's while you're at work to seek God's instruction, to seek God's guidance, to realize that he wants to have a kingdom presence in the marketplace. It's as you're having your conversations with your family and friends in the middle of that conversation to dig into the treasure of Christ and say, Jesus, could you guide me? Could you lead me? Could you show me how to have this conversation? It's to dig into Christ, to walk with him is to say, Jesus, I wanna follow your will, not my will. I'm gonna keep digging into the treasure. I found that you are a good, firm foundation. Where else would I go? I'm gonna keep digging into you and then building my life on you. What is the only reasonable response to finding the treasure of Jesus? It's to keep on digging. Now, if you're hearing some of that and going, I don't want to put this down yet. If you're hearing that and saying, um, y'all be honest, Brent, like I, I feel like it's a time I found treasure in Jesus, but I'm not really growing in him. Like I don't know that I would say like I'm being built in him. I wouldn't really say that I'm walking in him. Uh, I don't feel like I'm getting anywhere. I would say maybe two things that could happen. I think one thing that may keep us from keeping on digging into Jesus as the ultimate treasure and, and living our life with him, walking in him, is we just get distracted, right? So we're digging and then we see, we think we see treasure somewhere else and we're like, ooh, that looks pretty. And we go over there, right? We take our shovel and we start digging over here and then my, okay, sorry camera guys. <laughs> Putting Danny to work this morning. <laughs> so we're digging in here and then we realize, oh man, that, that wasn't a good well. There's nothing in there. It looked like it, but it wasn't. So then we go back to Christ a little bit and we're like, all right, you know what? I'm gonna rededicate my life. I'm gonna get back in scripture. I'm gonna start serving God. So we start digging into the treasure of Jesus and we start walking in him. And then we kind of look around and we're like, oh, that looks fun over there. And then we go over this way, right? And we start digging and then we get worn out with that. That doesn't really satisfy. We're like, oh yeah, Jesus was pretty good. And we go back to Jesus and we do this back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And then wonder, 
man, how come I'm not really growing in Christ? How come I'm not really digging down deep really far into him? Because we're distracted. It's like going on a road trip, and if you're with somebody that wants to stop every 30 minutes to see the souvenir shop or use the restroom, you're like, bro, we're never gonna get to where we're going. Like, we're never gonna get there because you're distracted. Walk in him, consistent. Some of us, we, we, we put down the shovel of digging into Christ and walking in him because we just get discouraged. Often, I remember <laughs> uh, our home church used to, or where I grew up in uh, uh, Glen St. Mary, shout out Glen Baptist in Glen St. Mary, Florida. But we used to always do a mission trip to Mexico. And I remember, <laughs> uh, I think we were in seventh grade, seventh or eighth grade, and a bunch of these boys, uh, including myself in there, uh, were trying to build a curb. I think it was eventually gonna be like a little flower area, but it was probably only eight or nine feet long what this curb was, where this little concrete curb was supposed to be. And there were about four or five of us middle school boys out there working on it. And about day three, I remember Mr. Robert Norman came out and saw how little we had accomplished. And he was like, I'm not sure you boys are worth shooting, man. Like, this is, this is terrible. Um, he was a great man, by the way, Mr. Robert. He uh, is a great man. But we were so slow, partly because we were just discouraged. We had it in our minds, like, we're never gonna get this done. We're never gonna get anywhere. So you know what we, we literally kept doing? We kept putting down our shovels. <laughs> I think so many of us, we're, we're discouraged in our walk with Christ. It's like we're not getting anywhere because we put down our shovel way too easy. If you're not actively walking him, you're not actively digging, of course you're not getting anywhere. Of course you're not growing. Of course you're not unearthing that treasure that is Christ because you quit digging. I wonder how many of us, we quit digging and we feel, oh man, I feel distant from God. I don't feel close to him. I'm not getting much out of my walk with him. And he's like, girl, bro, you're so close. Keep digging. Some of you maybe would say, man, I, I just, I'm not sure what to do. I'm not sure what it looks like to walk in him, to keep digging. I would encourage you, find someone who is a good example of walking in Christ and say, hey, would you invest in me? I would encourage you, I think one of the best ways you could, could walk in him is to take advantage of the reading plan that we have. You can get on the app or the website under resources and use the here method of literally highlighting what God is showing you and then explaining it. I mean, if I was to explain to a friend what this means, here's, here's what it says and apply. How does this truth apply to me? And then the R is for respond. What am I gonna do about this truth? I think if you'll start using that here method, that could really help you walk in him. Others, others of you may say, I know I'm supposed to walk in Christ. I know I've received him and he is a treasure and he's rooted me and he's building me up and he's established me in the faith. I'm trying to be thankful, but if I'm honest, Brandon, I just don't feel like it. I don't feel like walking him. I'm tired of digging. I don't feel like I'm getting anywhere. Two things. I would challenge you, one, to be honest with God. Like when you sit down to read your Bible or to pray to say, God, I'll be honest, I don't really feel like doing this. Could you help me? You know, he, God hears those kind of prayers. Honest prayers. The second thing I would challenge you to do, it's, um, he's not with us anymore, but Pastor Eugene Peterson said, um, if you'll do with your hands in your head what you know is right to do, your heart will soon follow. 
I may not feel like studying scripture, carving out time to pray and talk with God. I may not feel like, at this point, turning on uh, southcrosslive.tv to, to connect with other believers or coming to the building next week. I may not feel like it, but I'm going to choose to do it, choose to walk in him. And the reality is that when you do that, I agree with Eugene that soon after your heart follows and you're like, man, I'm glad I'm here. I'm glad I'm walking in Christ. It's the only reasonable response to finding the treasure of Jesus is to keep digging. It's to walk in him. Walk in him. I'm excited about this illustration because I think it'll help with this passage a lot. Sorry for all the moving around real quick. It's interesting. I want to close this. That word received, get back here, is an aorist active. I told you we're going to nerd out about the Greek a little bit. Aorist active. You received Christ. So it happened at a point in time. Like Here's what happened. Like You got this line, a point in time. Therefore, as you received Christ. So many of us in the Bible Belt We've been close to Jesus, but we haven't received him. Meaning, Jesus, I realize I'm a sinner. I'm broken. I need to repent for my sin and turn to you as Lord and Savior of my life. So what that looks like, by the way, all, all serious kayakers wear skinny jeans when they get in their kayak. I'm just saying, guys. <laughs> Not making a fool of myself here. All right. So, by the way, I think this could be helpful information. Uh, for the illustration, in a kayak, uh, and I guess other boats, some other boats too, but kayak, this is the back position. I'm not sure the terminology there is, but the back position is really the lead position. Um, So uh, when you're in a kayak with somebody else, the person in the back is normally gonna be the the better paddler, the stronger paddler. They're gonna help guide and show where you're going, even though they're in the back. So that's good to know. So, so many of us in the Bible Belt, um, we're, we're out here in this tandem kayak, it's, it's meant for two people. Like, this represents your life, by the way. Uh, and you're sitting in the captain's chair. You're sitting in what we'll call the Lord's chair. And you're out here doing your thing. You're wondering why uh, you, your boat's been, by the way, I'm not really going real hard because I don't want to break this light right here. Anyways, uh, you, you're wondering why your, your boat of your life keeps getting tossed around and you can't seem to get in any direction. And you see Jesus on the shore because we're in the Bible Belt. So Jesus, like there's a lot of Jesus around here, meaning a lot of cultural Christianity. And you're paddling, you're like, hey, Jesus, how you doing? Good to see you. And you're just out here in the water doing your thing. There's a difference in cultural Christianity. And hey, Jesus, good to see you on the shore over there. There's a difference in that and actually receiving Christ. See, receiving Christ means you understand I have made a mess of my life. I've been trying to guide this thing and I can't get anywhere I'm supposed to go. I've wrecked several times, been tipped over several times. Something is wrong and it's not just my situation. The problem is me. I'm a broken, messed up person. You realize that Jesus is standing there saying, hey, I'd love to to be the captain of your boat. (laughs) If you would turn from your sin, it's gonna require you to realize that I'm the Lord. You're gonna have to move chairs, but I love to lead this life with you. I'd love for you to walk with me. Receiving him means you say, that's a much better option. (laughs) You get out of this chair. We'll just pretend that Jesus is here. 
You give him a paddle. He's already got a paddle probably. You get in the front chair. You say, Jesus, you're in charge. You're the Lord. Take me where you want to go. So there's a difference in just saying, hey, Jesus, and actually receiving him, knowing him as Lord and as Savior. You can't walk with him until you've received him at a specific point in time. I, I don't mean you have to know the exact date and time, and I was sitting in the third chair in the second row. I, I don't know that stuff. Um, but you should remember the time. Man, I remember I was, for me, it was, it was third grade at a, Camp Comanche that my dad led at Glen Baptist. I remember that. It's a point in time. I said, Jesus, you're already the boss, but I'm gonna recognize it. I'm gonna receive it. I'm gonna receive your forgiveness and salvation and your lordship. If you've never switched chairs and received Christ, I wanna invite you to do that this morning. Better yet, Jesus invites you to do that this morning. To simply turn from your sins and turn to him for salvation. If you would like some help in doing that or just have a question, I'd love for you to hit that connect button. Or if you're on Facebook, send us a message real quick. If you understand what that means and right now you're, you're surrendering and praying and turning to Christ, we would love to know about it. Again, hit that connect button. Shoot us a message on Facebook. We'd love to see what God is doing in your life. All right. First, you gotta receive him. The walk in him part, I know I'm mixing metaphors. It says walk in him. I'm sitting here in a kayak. Maybe I'm bad at English. I don't know. But the walk in him, here's what I think happens. We receive Christ. He, he, he's in the kayak. He, he's the boss. But sometimes don't we kind of fight against him? Like he's, he's paddling that way and we're <laughs> trying to do our thing to get over here. He's going, no. Brandon, you need, you need to go that way. I'm like, nah, Jesus, I got this. I know what I'm doing. And he's like, trust me. I'm in the captain's chair. You need to trust me. I'm like, nah, Jesus, I'm gonna do my own thing. We wonder why we're not getting anywhere. We're not growing in our walk with Christ. It doesn't feel like we're being established and built up because we're fighting against our Lord and Savior. Maybe some of you this morning need to repent of that. Jesus, I've been fighting against your will. I've been trying to do things my way. I wanna surrender Remember that I received you as Lord, that you are a treasure, and so I'm gonna walk in you, I'm gonna trust you, I'm gonna keep paddling the direction you wanna lead me. I think maybe the biggest thing that we struggle with, I know I struggle with, and from talking with a lot of you guys, and a lot of us struggle with, is we just get straight up lazy. We're like, sweet, Jesus is in my boat, time to chill, right? Like, where's the cup holder? Let me just relax while Jesus does the paddling. And here's the reality. I don't want to give any inclination that your salvation is you plus Jesus. Absolutely not. Jesus saves you. But the reality is once you're saved, yes, he sanctifies you. He makes you more like himself. But he calls you, better yet, he commands you to walk with him, to paddle with him. Not to have this, I'm gonna sit here and do nothing because I'm lazy and I'm tired, but to say, Jesus, you are a treasure. You've called me. You're, you've established me. You've rooted me in you. And so now I'm gonna, I'm gonna look over my shoulder and follow your lead and dig because I wanna go where you wanna take me, God. So many of us get lazy and give up. Here's the reality. If you're not dead, he's not 
done. So keep digging, keep paddling, keep walking with him. Where else would you go? What else would you do but paddle with, walk with the savior, creator of the world, the treasure that is Jesus? Don't give up. Don't give in, but choose to give thanks and keep digging, walking with him, knowing that he's in your boat. Man, that can look about, I don't know, literally a million different ways for believers this morning, but I'm gonna trust that the Holy Spirit is guiding you and showing you what that needs to look like to keep paddling. So many of us look back at the glory days and like, man, I remember back in, I went to, to uh, camp at Fort Lone Tree back in sixth grade or fifth grade and God changed my life and you haven't picked up the paddle since. Now, I remember back in the 80s, that's when things were booming in my life and I was really reading the Bible. Those were the good old days. And you haven't picked up the paddle very often since then. Pick up the paddle, dig deep, don't quit. Just walk with him. If you would like to talk to someone about what that looks like to keep walking in him and just maybe could use some encouragement in your walk with Christ, again, we'd love, you know the drill, we'd love for you to click that connect button or shoot us a message on Facebook so we can help you with that. If you did receive Christ this morning, again, please let us know because we would love to send you some follow-up information on what it looks like to walk with Christ, to keep paddling, to keep digging, to live life with him. I'm gonna pray for us and then we're gonna sing a song that celebrates the treasure that is Jesus. And then we're gonna have some quick announcements before we go this morning. Let's pray together. Jesus, you really are a treasure and we're grateful for that. And God, I pray that you would stir our hearts, motivate us to walk with you, to keep digging, to kill the quit and to pursue you. Lord, maybe this morning, some of us just need to remember that you are a treasure, that nothing else in this world satisfies like you. So if we've been distracted or discouraged, I pray that you would draw us back to yourself. And God, if there are those this morning that still have not received you, I pray that now you would prick their hearts, you would stir their hearts to respond to you, to receive you. God, we love you and we wanna move because we know that you are on the move. I pray that this song would help us fix our eyes on you. It's your name we pray, amen. If you are encouraged by today's talk, be sure to subscribe and rate us wherever you stream your podcast. The goal of the venue is to help you find your greatest pleasure and purpose in Jesus by being relational, helpful, hopeful, and real. Thanks again for listening to the venue podcast.